Geylang International have picked up a big win in this Eastern Derby against Stampedese Rovers. And while they've done all of that, Geylang International, they've also absolutely ruined the title hopes of Stampedese Rovers here. What's a derby without some drama? The good old Eastern Derby lived up to its billing with the Eagles snatching all three points against their rivals at the death. And in this episode, we are joined by the one and only Noali as he gives us all the lowdown on that massive win and much more. But what does this now mean for the Stags in their title chase? It's all coming right up and trust us, you won't want to miss this one. This is the SPL Podcast. Hi everyone, this is Farah. What's up? This is Raushan. Well, well, Raushan, what a weekend we had in the Singapore Premier League. Now, I trust everyone is well-versed on what went down on Match Week 22. And Raushan, I don't think we can move on with this episode before I ask you what you've made of all of that and what it now means for the title race. I mean, first things first, apart from what happened at the weekend, which I'll touch on a bit, I think it's been a good week for the Sailors for a while. They had us dreaming against mighty Spurs. I never thought I'd use those two <laughs> words together. But I think uh, on behalf of the final whistle, just a big shout out to Shawal Anwar. Massive respect. If you go Google his name, you'll see that a long time ago, not so long ago, in fact, he was a glass cleaner. And so to go from that to play for the Sailors and to score against Premier League opposition, massive respect. And... Uh, yeah, I think that will help the sailors. We caught a bit of what they're going to bring to the AFC Champions League campaign, so I'm particularly excited about that. But coming back to the Singapore Premier League, yeah, what a weekend we had. Just last week, I said I don't want any more twists in the race purely because <laughs> what we are going gearing up to this uh, later this evening on Friday is uh, that big match. But right now, Tampines have really shot themselves in the foot. I know we caught up with uh, Desmond on the last episode. He did text me after to say, it looks like I've jinxed it now. I still believe, I still think there might be a twist or two, especially with uh, one Geelang International playing Albrecht later in the season. So, never say never. So, now, just in case you were somehow living under a rock, the Eagles, of course, broke Tampanese Rovers' heart last Saturday at our Tampanese Hub with their 97th-minute winner, courtesy of Rio Sakuma. And Raushan here scored some sensational one-on-one inside line with none other than Kelang International head coach Norali, who had a thing, or in his case, more often than not, a hundred or a thousand and one things to say, not just about their victory on the night against their biggest rivals, but more than that. So, enjoy this one. Coach, firstly, thank you very much for your time and a huge congratulations on a big, big three points this past weekend. How are you feeling? I mean, of course you feel good, you know, especially, you know, winning a derby game. I think that's, that's like a menu and Man City game. Huh? So, I think it's nice and somehow, you know, I've been, it's been, been quite a while we have beaten them actually, you know, and we always always know that Tamiris is always favourites in, 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 in the title race every season. And they always have a good team, have a good playing style, you know, and, and it's something that I think I really appreciate what Gavin has done with the team. Uh. So beating them is a big thing for us, you know, not only at the big game, you know, beating a team that, that plays quality football. Uh. So that's nice. That's, that's, that's a very nice result uh, because we are grinding results anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and it's yeah. not just beating them at the weekend, right? You've been unbeaten against your Eastern Derby rivals all season, two draws, and then now you've beaten them. Coach, you already alluded to it that Man City, Man U, Tampines are a good ball-playing side. A lot of people will say, yeah, just another three points in the league, but you are no Ali, so I want a bit of honesty there. 
how good did it feel to beat Tampines, especially because they are fighting for the title? I mean, um, I mean, if I were in Gavin's shoes, you know, the, the the feelings is really, really, really sucks, you know, especially, you know, going into the last four games, you know, and then losing three points, you know, when you know you have another two games, tough games to to play that the top table clash, and um, for us is. Uh, you know, I mean, been years in Geelang and we're always the spoiler <laughs> of, of these kind of things, you know, and, and, and I think uh, beating Japanese is a big deal uh, for us, you know, because the rivalry is always there. Uh, you can't run away. You can see how when they beat us, you know, whether we go for a title race or not, you know, it feels, it feels you know, like the whole week you can't even go to bed and have a have a nice sleep, you know, because it's just losing to Tampines, you know. So uh, definitely, it's a big one for us. This last last uh, result against Tampines, uh, and it's not easy beating them, you know. Like I say, it's like you know, Gavin is immensity, and I'm a I'm a diehard menu fan, you know. So so you know, you have that kind of rivalry between the two, and I believe, you know, definitely, if you look at Gavin, he must have Pep Guardiola, his idol too. You know, so the way he plays football, you know, so I think it's nice to have that kind of, um, uh, uh, how to put it, challenge in the league, you know, especially when you have these two young coaches in the league fighting for this kind of game. So it's nice, nice, nice to get a win and it's definitely nice always to be the prince. <laughs> I've heard Gavin speak Spanish on the touchline before. I think he says tranquilo. So probably Guardiola is his idol. Now, by now, those of you listening would have seen the clip by Gilang's social media. They put it up on Instagram. The pre-match huddle from Coach Mohamed Noali. I must say, us fans absolutely love that kind of sneak peek, right? Before the game, what goes on. So, well done to your club social media. For those of you who haven't watched it yet, have a listen now. Be patient with the ball. We have a way we want to play against Tampines. Stick to the game plan. Understand? Remember one thing, in the first fucking 20 minutes, 30 minutes, we know Tampines will come strong. That is where we penetrate the spaces that we need to. Okay? Guys, all in the mindset. Okay? Ken? Okay. David, three points by Silos yesterday. So, three points today, three points next week. And Ken just got in this fuck place. There you go. Now, Coach, a few things stood out for me and I'm hoping you can give us some insight or more insight into what happened. You said... We know in the first 20-30 minutes, Tampines will come strong. That is where we penetrate the spaces we need to. What exactly was this tactical plan to beat Gavin? I mean, um, we have played Tampines the last three games, you know, and, and Tampines is very strong in the first 20 minutes and the last 20 minutes of the game. I think one thing about them is that uh, they press you up high well in the first 20 minutes and then uh, they will leave uh spaces out there you know which which will give us that chance to penetrate especially you know uh we know how the playing style of, of them having glenn Quay moving high up the pitch and you know and, and the space between the defense lines and the space behind the defense line you know so uh i mean okay like the worst case scenario i'm just gonna play them in the singapore cup only. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, and and we know that 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 First 20 minutes in the game is very important, you know, because we actually considered when we played them the second game too early in the game, you know, with that Boris goal, you know, but we came back and then we got uh, Vincent out injured uh, during the game. So it's important because I don't have a, a Vincent kind of player, you know, moving into the Tampines game, the last one. So it's important that we play according to the team strength, what we have, you know, and we know in the last 20 minutes, 
even Tamils or Vitamin, we know they are, they are, they are still too good on the ball, you know, and, and you can see they actually came out and penetrate us and try to even, you know, get the winner, you know, in the last five minutes of the game, you know, and uh, we know in the last 20 minutes, that's something that they are so good at, you know, they can, they can actually hold possession of the ball and, and start, you know, putting the teams under pressure. But at the same time also, we know that in terms of that, there will be lapses in defence that we actually uh, need to penetrate and then, then that's where I, I, I just shifted Yamaya back into the middle, you know, and, and make sure that we have enough speed up there to actually penetrate them, you know. And I think credit to Tampines that they, they show a lot of uh, uh, championship character, you know, with players like that. that. That's the thing I say in my in my uh, interview, you know. When you have players like Yassi, you have players like Faris, who are experienced enough playing in the league, and they know how to step up and, and bring the game, uh, even if they were 10 men down and down to zero. And, and that, that's quality. You know, and you see how Yassi has got the two goals, you know, and how far he's got the penalty. That, 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 that is experience. That is something that you cannot coach. That's something that they have in them. They know how to change the game, you know. So, uh, and I mean, to be honest, we were quite lucky on the break because if Kyoga had gotten to his left foot, <laughs> that would be a different story. I think it was good defending from Joshua. We won the ball, you know, three, four passes. My three Japanese, you know, you know, it's like, it's like, like, uh, <laughs> It's like the Messi, Suarez and Neymar connection, you know, the three Japanese, you know. Taka play to Yushi, Yushi play to Taka, Taka play to Yamaya and he got the ad, play to Sakuma, he got the goal. And, and my boys show character that even at 2-2, they wanted to, they really wanted the three points and they really wanted to beat Tampines because if you see, they make the 60-meter runs from, from where we break uh, and we go into the counter-attack and where, where Sakuma just keep on running and, and you know, and, and took a gamble and, and, and scored the goal, you know. So, uh, we know Tampines is quality team. I mean, every team has their weaknesses, you know. It's just the tactical point in the game, especially when I don't have that players to bring on in the second half to change. So, the, the, the 11 or 12 or 13 players that, that, that comes in is very important tactically. They understand what I want uh, throughout the whole game. And I think the boys are not that happy, especially when you go 10 men down and you let Tampines come back into the game. But at the end of the day, I think the three points is more important. Yeah. Coach, thank you so much for giving away your secret to the tactical plan. <laughs> I'm sure the listeners enjoy it. You talk there about the attitude, right? In that pre-match also, you said, remember guys, all in the mindset. In your opinion, how much is football a mental game more than a physical game? It's all about mental. I, I, there's, there's nothing you... You have prepared the whole week, you know, and, and you know, for me, as a player itself, when, when uh, I've experienced this, you know, you... you, you, you had, you have the tendency in some players that, oh, we are playing Tampines, oh, we are playing Albrex, oh, we are playing United City Sailors. I think that that mindset must change, you know, because it's the same thing when, when back then when I was playing national team. Oh, you play Thailand, you play Vietnam, you know, the boys are just like, oh, you know, 50% of the battle is lost, you know. So, so the mindset of the game is very important because basically, you, you can do, at this level, it's all about working on the player's brain, you know. Like I said, the, the mental aspect is very important because you, you cannot go into, into a battle 50% loss because you know you are playing Tampines or this one. So the mindset, the mentality must go out there. We, they have good players, you know, but you are playing 11 v 11 on the pitch, you know. There's, there's, if you put the right mindset into the game, you definitely get something out of the game. Yeah. Coach, you know what? We'll talk specifically about some of your players and how you are so proud of coaching them. But very quickly, final question on that video, right? The last part, you asked Bezakor to say a few things. Was that always the plan or you saw him there in the crutches? You know he plays an important part in the team. You wanted him to galvanise the boys a bit. 
usually my before I go out is more of a cursing kind of thing. <laughs> but because the video was there, so I just keep, keep my words a bit, you know. So I mean, uh, Bezakot was there on that on that on that day, like, because he just came back after his surgery mm. and he could not come. So it was nice to see him back supporting the boys. So usually that doesn't happen, lah. So but since Bezakot was there, I think. Uh, it's a bit more motivation, you know, knowing that he has put so much effort into the team, you know, and what kind of a player he is and a leader on the pitch, you know. So I let him have a few words with the team. But you know, Vincent is still Vincent, you know, he's too nice, you know, he needs to be an asshole sometimes, you know. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, you say you try to keep things proper because the video there, for those of you who listen properly, there was one bad word, but it's okay. It's part of the tension before the game. Coach, you talk about. Bezakor and how important he is to your team. He unfortunately suffered a season-ending injury not so long ago. Your request to sign a replacement, we understand, was turned down by the club. Above and beyond that, in the window, you signed two loan players from LCS. So it's not like Gelang are splashing the cash, right? But despite the very obvious financial constraints, you continue to make magic. Uh. You are fighting for fourth. You are pulling off good results. Do you think you get the credit you deserve? Oh man, I don't need the credit, lah. You know, for me, I always say this. You know, um, I'm a coach, I'm an educator, I'm a teacher, I'm everything to the players. You know, and I represent the club. You know, I've I've given a job, do the job. I just give my best, and I think it's it's not every coach will have the kind of experience or I will have. You know, and this is a very, very good learning experience for me as a coach. You know, working in this kind of situation just make you a better person, a better coach. You know how you want to manage the players. How you want to manage your coaching? How you want to manage your tactical part of the game? You know, of course, it's frustrated sometimes. You know, because you want to go out and feel like, oh, you know, today we'll be, we'll get three points with the players I have. You know, but it has never that happened that way in Geelang so far. So, <laughs> so I mean, I'm happy because it's a good learning experience for me. Something that has challenged me as a coach the last few years in Geelang. And you know, and if I know if I go out and one day I coach in another environment with this kind of situation, I know how would I handle it, lah. So I don't need the credit, you know. For me, um, what's important is uh, to see my players out there, you know, do well, you know, especially uh, at our professional setup. You know, it's always nice to see these players having better contracts for next season, you know, and 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 then at least you know. Uh, I know I've been part of their journey, lah. You know, so that's that's more important for me. That's more satisfying for me at at this point of time, lah. Yeah. Coach, the way you put it, you are not just a coach, right? You're an educator. You're a teacher. My follow-up question was going to be: Working with these limitations, is it frustrating or fulfilling? I'm guessing it's very fulfilling for you to be able to work the way you do. I mean, definitely, you know, because um, you you can't run away with the frustration sometimes, like you know, because you know you are in a in a in a professional setup where you are coaching the first team in the league, you know, and you expect to have your players back, uh, full squad, you know, having the players to work with week in week out, you know. But for me, I always have to depend on the under twenty one for my training session. I have to come back and prepare with the ability of the players I have, you know, and look at. How I want to play against, let's say, for for coming up Brunei game, and and I've got to set up the thing according to the availability of my players. So it's very hard to stick to the way I want to play, or you know, a, a structure or game model that I have. You know, but that, that's something hard to do at this point of time for me. But, uh, but like I say, the fulfilling part is it challenges me tactically as a coach on 
how can I actually approach this game with the players I have? So that that's something that is it's a good learning experience, lah. I think um, you know it's a different way of coaching, and I'm enjoying it, lah. Yeah, certainly. It's fascinating to hear you in the pre-match say you struggle to put together a solid team and then go out and get the results that you do. Coach, you talked about it there in terms of you've been at Geelang, but perhaps there could be another job. You were in conversations with the Young Lions job. I have to ask you, were you disappointed when you didn't get the call? Uh, no. I uh, To be honest, it's always a dream of any coach to go out there and coach for the, you know, whether it's the national team or the national under 23 team, you know. But uh, for me... I, at this point in time, I don't have to prove myself or show what I can do as a coach, you know. And people always has that mindset of no Ali. So, you cannot run away with that, you know. But I think that's the passion of the game I have, you know. you can I cannot take away that from that. Different coaches have different style of way doing things, you know. So, if you look at Diego Sovini, he'll be shouting at a bench for throughout the game. You know, it doesn't mean he's, uh, you know, he's a coach with, who's not a role model or he doesn't show a good example. It's just the passion he has on the bench, you know. It's a two different thing when you're on in the field and off the field, you know. So I think what's important is that uh, you 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 have people like maybe Pep or, or, or you know or, or maybe look at Jose Mourinho. You know, he speak his mind is he's very uh, vocal on what he wants to see. But then he he gets his job done, you know. So I think that's the most important thing as a coach, you know. So for me, it's like um, I'm not disappointed, you know, but. Um, it could have been a very good challenge for me to be, to take the Young Lions squad, you know, based on, I think, with the development development process I've done in Geelang, I think I could have done something there uh, with, the, with, the, with the Young Lions team. But, uh, I mean, hopefully one day, you know, but I'm not disappointed. I mean, I'm happy, with, I'm happy in Geelang, you know. I, I don't think um, at this point in time, if, if I go out Geelang, everybody will say, no, you're stupid to go out Geelang, you know, because, you know, I'm, I'm being well taken care of my bosses, you know, and... and and they know I'm working within my limits, you know, and they're supporting me. They're giving me the 100% support and everything, you know. So, I'm happy here, you know. But definitely, as a coach, you you always want a bigger challenge, you know. And 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 there's no bigger challenge than taking the Young Lions team to, to show myself where do I stand, actually, you know, as a coach at that level, you know. So, um, uh, I would say that hopefully one day, I'll still... Uh, that, that's that's always my dream since I come back to Japan. You know, I, I love to take that team, uh, the under twenty three team, to the Sea Games. You know, I mean that's that's the first step for me as a national coach. But hopefully one day, you know, let's see how it works. You know, yeah. Coach, you talk about it being a dream. I can understand that. You used to play for the country. The chance to lead the boys for the country will be immense. But from the outside perspective, this is my perspective. It seems like career suicide, considering going to a young lions job, which is a difficult job, right? Why would you consider revisiting it? Because you want that challenge or because you want to prove something for Singapore? I, I, like I say, I don't need to prove something. But I believe that I can make some changes uh, in the team, you know. Because I believe that there's so many talent out there. It's just about giving them the opportunity, you know. Because you you cannot stick to the same pool of players week in, week out, you know. And we must have proper structure and system that we want to do in FA, you know. I think... What we do in Geelang is that if you, if you, we might not be having good results, but we have a proper system where from the first team all the way to the 21, to the 17, to the 15, they play the same way of football. They, we do the same things, you know, because that, that's the way it should be, you know, because you, you don't want to, it's a development process for the player. You know, every coaches out there, especially in our youth system, we only sometimes think about oh, winning games. Of course, winning games is important, you know, because, but again, if you develop the right way, that's what I always believe. Right? You develop the right way, 
the results will come eventually you know so uh it definitely is a career suicide because at this point of time people say that oh you know you go young lions with the team they have you but it's about time to make changes right so are we willing to take them to make the changes that that's very important because the first thing is the whole coaching group have to be changed you know and then second thing you have to bring in new faces new challenges so that the boys are feeling motivated because at this point i feel that there's not enough motivation in the young boys you know to to you you have a coe under 21 league you know where do these boys go actually so they don't have a pathway to say oh i only can play for my spl team you know but if i i'm if 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 i if there's a selection process where the young lions can pick the u21 players out there there's so many talents out there you know if you can pick one you got if you got six club you know you pick three you got 18 players you know so complaining about national service complaining about school commitments so i think it can never stop lah you know it will just keep on going for another 10 years we know we cannot solve the problem that but you know but there is a solution to this is how we want to do it you know because we really need to make the changes don't you cannot say the young lions is a fair project you know yeah the young lions is a project that is supposed to develop the players down there what we are doing is the process is not right you know if the process is right definitely young lions can be a successful project If this was an interview and I was the hiring manager, you got the job. But unfortunately, <laughs> I'm not the hiring manager. So I wish you all the best in that. Let's continue talking okay. about Gelang coach because you talk okay. about bringing players, identifying talent. You do that so well. You do that almost. You make it seem easy, right? This season alone, Hafiz, Iqbal, to name a few, have have caught the eye in terms of having potential but actually producing on the field. Have you actually been surprised by the impact those two players and maybe others have made? Um, maybe I'll just I'll just talk about myself a bit uh, before I go into that. Uh. When I when I go into football, uh, nobody gave me a chance, you know. And when I went into the S League in 1996, everybody said, "Oh, this guy could not make it," you know. But the late Hussein Ajuni gave me a chance, you know. And when I started youth football, there was a coach Johanna Johari who just uh, picked me out in the streets and then just put me into football, you know, and gave me a chance, you know. Then when I was into the national team, everybody say, "Oh, this guy is too small," you know. But Barry Wimbledon said, "Take me and give me a chance," you know. And I keep on working hard and proving people that, you know, I'm I I can play in the SA, I actually I can play in the national team, you know. And now when I go into the coaching scene, you know, everybody say, "Oh, this guy cannot coach," you know, this and that, blah 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 blah. But I'm very grateful to Mr. Benting, who actually, you know, trusted me and actually helped my development process as a coach, you know. So. For me, it's like there's so many people who gave me a chance throughout my whole career, you know. So when I reflect back, you know, when these kind of players come to me, I say, you know, I should not, you know, kick them away or you know, and and my first thinking cannot be like, oh yeah, this player cannot make it lah. Nah, nah, I'm not that kind of coach, you know. So for me, it's like I'll look at you, I'll see what you're good at, what's your strength, what can you help me in the team. The most important thing is character. If you talk about Iqbal. If you talk about five years ago, right? I don't think Iqbal will play this football. But it's not his football. It's not his football. It's him, you know. But he himself changed this season because we know what he can do. The football part. It is only my part to help him. But how he has actually settled himself down, you know, and make sure that he's more disciplined, 
he wants it more, it's easier for me to be able to coach him, you know, and guide him. You know, it's the same like Gareth, you know, you know, he doesn't play much game, but whenever he plays, you know, he contributes to whatever he can, you know, so that's very important. So, I mean, the only place that I was, I think it was easy for me to help and develop was Shawala. Because the fellow just, you know, from off the field to on the field, he has the right attitude and professionalism that he really wants to be a professional footballer. Mm. You know, you know, the rest is already in the system. It's just that they they are not playing to the level they should be playing, you know. And my part is just to help to bring the best out of them. Man manage is one thing, coaching is one thing. Yeah, you know, last time I need to manage Iqbal. Now I don't need to know. I don't need to manage him. He himself can manage him because that's the most important part. Because you know what you want as a player. The rest, I will help you. So, it's nice to see that my eight or nine years in Gelang, that, you know, a lot of players have grown through the ranks. And, 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 and I'm happy to see people like Darren, Christopher, who's having good contract, playing well in other clubs. People like Shawal, you know, in the national team, you know, he, he's doing very well. Amy, you know. So, I mean, I'm happy to see that, you know, because that is the satisfaction as a coach, you know, like I say, I'm an educator, I'm a teacher, you know, sometimes I'm a brother, sometimes I'm a father, you know, I can be a father to a lot of these kids down here. So, it's how I manage them on a daily basis is, is very, very important because I think the satis satisfaction of me being a coach when I know that, you know, uh, I might not be fighting for a title, you no, know, I might not be, be be fighting for something at the end of the season, but when, when, when the season ends and I see my players do well and a better contract, you know, it's good, you know. It's 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 you know. It's sometimes it's more satisfying when you manage to change, you know, people's life and how they move on, Yeah, it's really inspiring, Coach. Thank you so much for sharing your journey throughout. I just got a final yeah. few questions to ask you. Yeah. Eh? Just one, particularly about Shafiq Ghani. You talk about players fulfilling potential, right? Yeah. You classic Mohamed Noali style. You came out. You said he needs to lose some weight if he is to fill the Bezakor void. Is that something you're working with him as a coaching team in terms yeah. of, you know what I mean, that, that, that journey to fulfill that potential? To Shafiq specifically, are you working on that? I mean, the, the thing about, it's the same like Hafiz. You know, the first thing I see him after training, he already has a McDonald's ice cream in his hand. You know, so, so you know, th that's why I say, there's only certain things I can control, certain things I cannot control because we are, you, you, they, they are professionals and they must behave like one. You know, we only can help on certain part. I mean, if you talk about Shafiq, uh, you know, this guy uh, is, is, is a brilliant player. Uh. He, he's, he thinks ahead of everyone before he gets the ball. You know, his left foot is superb. You know, he can see the passes, you know. But the problem is I move faster than him. So that's the issue, you know. So, so we are working something with him right now. And then, you know, it's a bit too late because he came into the season with us at the later part, you know. But at this point in time, I'll try my best to use whatever I can with him. But, but we are working something for him because I really think that he still can contribute to good, uh, another good two, three years of football, you know. But, but again, the hard work must come from him first, you know, because it's off the pitch, you know. The, the rest is easy to do with him because he, he has that natural talent in him, you know. But, off the field, that's something that he needs to do and work because we know that limitation of timing we have with him at this point of time, you know. Mm -hmm. So, 
definitely our first plan is actually to make sure that he lose weight <laughs> you know and i gain some weight so maybe he can pass it on someone to me. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, so the thing is like I mean, everybody knows Shafiq Ghani lah. You know, I, I I don't have to explain to him, explain to you guys, you know, what kind of player he is, you know. But, but yeah. But in terms of that aspect of the game, he knows that now the game has gone faster. You know, the speed is, is, is the main key element in the game right now. You know, if you look at Yamaya, you know, you know he he basically doesn't have a brain of, uh, of Shafiq Ghani, you know. But once you put him on a 1v1 situation, you know, he just... You know, everybody say like, "Oh, Yamaha is a good player." You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yamaha goes like Yamaha. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> so yeah, so so that, that's the thing I say. You know, the game has gone faster and everything. So we definitely are working something on Shafiq because I really want him to be part of the team. You know, moving forward. But yeah, it's all down to him, like actually. I think I speak for a lot of the listeners when we know the potential Shafiq has. So hopefully under your guidance, he will go on to achieve that. Coach, final few questions. The season yeah. is finishing soon. Just five games left this season. But you have a few high-profile games coming up, right? Against Albrecht, against Sailors. Can we expect a few more surprises from Mohamed No Ali's <laughs> I think I will take one game at a time. Like, because like I say, you know, <laughs> I don't know what team I'm going to feel every week into the game. You know, So I'll take one game at a time. Abrex has never been easy la, for us, you know. Of course, last year we draw them twice, but, you know, uh, this season we have lost them twice. I think this is a totally different Albrex team than uh, last season, you know. Uh, uh, they were a bit direct last season. This season, they just have the fl- flow of the game, you know, and 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 uh, off the ball, they have to go. La. So, I think uh, <clears throat> definitely um, we have uh, Young Lions and Balestier. And then Brunei, and then the last game is LCS. I think it will be interesting on the last game, last day of the game, because you don't know what the title is going to happen, you know. And I think uh, if anything, then that, and then maybe we might do templates another thing. <laughs> All, the no, the end... <laughs> All the best for the end of the season, coach. I have to ask you one last question, though. Yeah, we spoke yeah, a sure. lot about 2023, 2024, and beyond. It seems like the rumors suggest. Gelang could be in for an exciting future. Do you have anything to say to your club fans or fans of the league? What can we expect from Gelang going forward? Oh, I mean, you're going to always expect a high attack game from Gelang. <laughs> you know, but, but um, I mean, I don't know what's going forward at this point of time, uh, but definitely there will be some changes uh, in the club and definitely we are moving forward and looking for a better season next season, next year, you know, and uh, hopefully we can go on to fight something next season, you know. And I think for this season, uh, we just want to focus one game at a time because we know uh, even teams like Palestine has really stepped up and 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 and, and has done well this season, you know. So it's going to be another tough challenge for us to finish fourth. But like I say, we take one game at a time. Uh, but for next year, let's see what what uh, Gelang has in store. Uh, and uh, it's also exciting moments for me. I think I've been I've been here at the club for nine years. I think it's about time for me to face some bigger challenges to compete with the with the with teams like Abrex, LCS, and Tampines. You know, it's not about beating them once, but it's about beating them and trying to win something at the end of the season. So, hopefully, we're moving the right direction, and uh, hopefully, it's going to be a very interesting season for Gelang next year. I feel like you haven't told us much, but at the same time, you have told us so much. We wish you all the best going forward, Coach, for the rest of the season as well as in your career. Thank you so much for speaking to the final whistle about your your legacy, which we are excited to see how it will unfold. Thank you, Coach. Thank you, man. 
So there you have it, Norali speaking exclusively to us here at the final whistle. And we do love having him on. So Norali, please come back more often. Come back soon. We'll love having you back. And Raushan would probably want to have another chat I with mean, you. The, the rumor is he's still talking. <laughs> no, I, jokes aside, jokes aside, absolute brilliant mind to pick in terms of football. And that conversation yeah. was couched as a review of the Eastern Derby. But as you just heard there, what what passion he has for the game and how much he actually cares for football. I think that gets lost sometimes in the way of reputations and hearsay. So I think he deserves massive credit. And we started the show speaking about Shawal Anwar, right? Guess who's the man who picked Shawal Anwar from uh, Obscurity as Noali touched on there? He did. So I think I think you can see he has passion for the game and I think it's telling of his team. And it was fabulous to speak to him and get all that insight. Okay, enough with all the compliments for Noali. But I do want to ask, since you actually were the one having that chat with him, what was your biggest takeaway from what he has said there? I think my biggest takeaway, wow, that's a fully loaded question and clearly Farah, you've caught me off guard because I'm not prepared for this. I feel like there was just so much to take away. Um, I mean, again, I go back to the point we wanted to talk about Geylang, but the part that he talked about, the Young Lions and how that didn't really work out. What stood out for me is he has passion and he has this sense of duty for the national team. And without mincing my words, that's perhaps something that certain people in certain positions are lacking at the moment. So you can only hope that the right thing is done eventually. But all things said and done, I'm sure I speak for a vast majority of Geylang International fans that they want him to stay. The future might be exciting, as he alluded to. And it's about time he was equipped with the right um, armor or the right weapons to go and hunt down the bigger boys, right? Because I think it's not just this season, he's got some eye catching results. Even last season, when being written off that flipping result to finish as strongly as they did. Unfortunately, this year, Peter Diru might pit him to coach of the year, but I think No Ali has had a standout season and I think he will only grow from here, hopefully. We, when we were speaking last season, wasn't No Ali also in, in the shout for coach of the year? He was. He was having uh, made that remarkable right. turnaround after Geelang win, I think, 10-11 matches without a win. But I think ultimately, he did not win Coach of the Year, which, again, I go back to my point about reputations and all that. But that's not a battle for me to fight. Well, yeah, I mean, I just want to say that, I mean, considering last season he's done what he's done, and this season as well, he has obviously impressed Noali. Um, it's not a surprise that Geelang International fans would want Norali to stay on. And I would say we here at the final whistle will also want Norali to stay on with the Eagles. But let's move on to match week 23 because there is no bigger clash than this mammoth showdown as Alberex Negata welcomed Tampanese Rovers to the Jurong East Stadium on Friday night. Now, Raushan, some might argue that the title race is pretty much over. I mean, you clearly don't think so as much. But Albrecht still do have that game in hand. Mathematically though, for Tampanese, they're still very much in this. So how do you see this one then going down? How big is this for Tampanese? I mean, we know this is going to be huge for them. I mean, firstly, well done Farah for trying to big this game up because one week ago, if you had run that script, it would have made sense. Now, I'm not sure it's as big. I agree with you. It's, it's break or it's either they win or it's completely out for Tampanese, right? And even though you say it makes sense mathematically, I'm just looking at the table as I speak to you, Elbrex have a three-point advantage. 
They've played one game less, which for Elbrex always means plus three anyway. And they've got a goal difference that's plus 29 over Tampines Rovers. So, really, it's a tall, tall order. Having said that, no one saw Geelang's upset over Tampines. And Elbrex have lost this season, albeit only two games. And I reference back to that conversation against Des- uh, with Desmond, rather. And he said they are going to take this game to... Elbrex, right? I feel like maybe the Geelang game could prove as a wake-up call for Tampines and maybe they show up against Elbrex and try and get something. But at the moment, just Elbrex has this thing of clicking into gear at the right time. And uh, they did that when the Lion City Sailors uh, capitulated last season. Now you see King Kazoo running up and down the touchline, celebrating goals, showing all that passion. I think it's going to be difficult to hunt Elbrex down at this point. So... Yeah, I think Tampines, a bit like Arsenal, can be very proud of the season they had, but it looks like they'll have to settle for runners-up. Do you see them winning this game, though? Oof. I somehow don't see it. I, I, If anything, I think they can come away with the draw, uh, but it's going to be difficult to uh, beat the Salbrex team, I feel, and I am going to stick to my prediction of a draw, and I say it finishes one all on Friday. Very nice. Well, guys, as always, do send in what you think your predictions are to the final whistle. We'll we'll keep in check with that and see how that one turns out on Friday night. Yeah, we night. check our DMs all the time. All the, all the time. Well, guys, of course, there's still three more other games to go on Match Week 23. There's DPMM up against Geelang International. That one is also happening on Friday at 7.45pm at the Jalan Besar Stadium. And on Saturday, a double-headed the Young Lions against Haugang United at the Jalan Besar Stadium as well, with the Lions City Sailors going up against Balestia Khalsa. That one is taking place at the Bishan Stadium. Roshan, this one was very nice. What a what a very interesting episode this was. I'm pretty sure you enjoyed that one very much. Yeah, it's nice to get different perspectives, especially when it's from someone in the inside. I just feel now, every time now we finish recording, I'm really scrambling and thinking about uh, who next to get. Hopefully the who weekend next? gives us some good results we can follow on. Or maybe you guys can let us know who you would like to hear from and then we, we or Roshan, Deepan, will try our very best to get who you would like to listen in from as we approach the end of the season. Well, guys, unfortunately, that is all the time we have for this episode. As always, we'll see you same time, same place next week after Match Week 23. Do hit us up at Roshan Says, at Faranai, at The Final Whistle and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>